Welcome to the Legends of Oral Regeneration by the Osteology Foundation. One host, one guest, and a whole bunch of experience and expertise. Meet the people behind the names and get unique insights. Hello, Lisa. Uh, I'm very happy that we have this time together and uh, we can uh, discuss about uh, your uh, uh, background and uh, your vision about parental regeneration and bone regeneration. So uh, probably it's quite late. It is about 2 o'clock or 2.13 in Australia. Here we are just in the morning, but uh, I'm very happy to uh, to see you. Thank you, Tony. It's, it's really a pleasure to talk with you. So, Lisa, um, I... Um, have prepared some uh, some questions and uh, i would like you to tell us about your um, uh, your your beginning because you have studied in uh, in australia uh, in adelaide and uh, uh, in fact uh, you came over to europe you you had uh, your postgraduate education um, in sweden in Malmö, and uh, I'm really uh, keen to know uh, what was your motivation? How come that uh, an Australian lady comes over to, to Europe? Because this is quite unusual. You're the only one that I know. Well, you're right, Tony. It is, it is a bit of a story, and it certainly wasn't um, planned. It was something that just evolved. Um, when I graduated as a dentist from um, Adelaide University. I, it was actually um, a long time ago in 1984, and there was a recession on at the time. And so I had to really look hard for a job. And I ended up traveling more than 3,000 kilometers from my hometown to a country town where I first had my first job as a dentist. And I actually worked in general dentistry for 10 years before I had the feeling that I wanted to do something more. I enjoyed general dentistry very much and I worked with some terrific dentists who um, did really high quality dentistry and were interested in continuing education. So uh, perhaps they inspired me to, to go further. And I, I was became interested in implant dentistry when I went to a course in Perth in Western Australia run by Patrick Henry, who was part of the Bronnemark team, you could say. He had the uh, Bronnemark Centre in Perth. And he encouraged me to, um, because of my interest then in implant dentistry, see, we hadn't really learnt much about dental implants at dental school. It was only just starting in those days. But he encouraged me to look further afield and um, with some other um, input from other people and a contact I had who was a Swedish lady working in Paris and knew a, a, um, a dentist in Malmö in Sweden, I came to know about the master's program, the international master's program in periodontology in Malmö at the University of Lund. And so I made some inquiries and I applied and I had um, the opportunity to meet Professor Rolf Atstrom, like we're doing now via the internet or via the, <laughs> the, the telephone. And um, that's where it all started. I was um, accepted to come and study in, in Malmö 
And that was the beginning of my journey in periodontology and you could say my Scandinavian connection. Excellent. Um, I, and when uh, did you um, come over to Europe? When was it? It was in the 90s? Yes, it, yes, it was in, so, you know, it's a little unusual. I, I was, I guess you could say I was quite old to be starting my postgraduate training and it was in 1993 and I'd never been to Sweden before, but um, I thought, well, if I don't like it, I can always come home. So I, I sold up everything I'd um, and in order to fund my education. And I came to, um, to Malmo in 1993 and I started my master's program. Now, at that time, um, soon after, about a year after I, or even less, six months after I began, things changed a little bit at the university and soon I found I was the only postgraduate student in the department. <laughs> so that was a challenge also. It had its advantages and disadvantages. But um, Rolf Atstrom, my supervisor and the professor in the department, was a terrific teacher and mentor and um, he really helped me to, um, to learn about um, research techniques and, and the differences that you, you see between clinical practice and, and working in, in research. And he gave me a great start and introduced me to a lot of really um, terrific people who I also would consider my, my mentors in, in the field. So um, I, I was there for a couple of years. I worked in um, the periodontal clinic where I did my studies and I also had the opportunity to work in the intramural clinic, the Bronnemark clinic within the university. So I was very happy because I was learning about periodontics and I also had an exposure to implant dentistry in that particular clinic where I worked together or under the supervision of um, Rolf Perolov Glantz and Shell Randolph, who were, um, you know, really doing terrific things at that time in implant dentistry. And um, I had uh, many other fortunate experiences also there. I, one of them was that I um, had the opportunity to have one on one seminars with Professor Jan Egelberg who you will know was uh, the author of the very famous book, Periodontics, The Scientific Way. And he was actually writing that book when I came as a student. And so he would grill me on the studies he was including in the book. And he really helped to teach me also a different way of thinking, more critical thinking, scientific thinking. So that was a good experience. And also, I had the opportunity um, to work with different specialists within in the Malmö region. So I used to go and work at the clinic with Jöran Söderholm. That's where I did one couple of the studies I was doing. I worked um, uh, collecting data from the clinics of Annika Skoglund. So I used to travel quite a bit within the southern part of Sweden in order to do my research. So I, I, I was pretty busy and I had to um, make my own way a little because there, wasn't, there weren't other postgraduate students in Malmo at the time. That, that's uh, really a, a fantastic journey. And um, how did you get involved in um, 
in uh, in periodontal regeneration because uh, I remember you performed some clinical studies uh, in intraboni defects, uh, looking at uh, uh, membranes and uh, root conditioning. Uh, so there were some quite nice uh, uh, and well-designed studies. Well, thank you, Tony. Um, that, that, it was a very exciting time in, in Sweden, in Scandinavia, as you well know, um, in the early 90s. And this was really uh, terrific to be there then. There was a lot of talk about the um, guided tissue regeneration and um, also the enamel matrix derivatives and the application of those at, in periodontal regeneration. So it, it was a very exciting time. And, and again, I had the opportunity um, to, to do these studies with the specialists within, um, the, within Sweden, within Malmö at the university and also in these clinics. So um, I was usually the examiner in these projects um, not the operator um, as a postgraduate student, but it was a terrific way to learn how to design a study where the pitfalls are. We certainly made some mistakes in our design. We probably had underpowered studies, but I think any um, in any postgraduate education, it's, it's the learning process that is the key. And um, I was still though very fortunate to be able to work with these people and 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 learn about periodontal regeneration which then also led to some um, guided bone regeneration studies around implants and um, so for example one of the studies we were I think the first to be using the resorbable membranes for bone regeneration around peri-implant defects so it was really it was really interesting. Of course, my very first study wasn't quite so um, exciting, you could say. It was comparing different periodontal probes and the um, precision of these probes. But even a simple study like that really helps to teach you about uh, research techniques and, and how meticulous you have to be in collecting and managing data. So I guess I would say to anyone starting off, it's not you don't always have to be doing the most exciting project, um, but it's the the process of, of of learning how to do research which is so important. Yeah. And I think that's that's been one that was one of the key things that I I learnt early on in this terrific centre in Scandinavia. And I, I I remember maybe you also remember the first time we met. It was it I was an IADR meeting in the in Madrid, uh, 1997 yes. in September, and then you you presented one of the of the studies. You remember? It was, uh... I I tell you, I, I remember meeting you, Tony. But I, to be perfectly honest, I can't remember which study it was I presented, and I do remember. <laughs> I you know I remember so clearly. I was so. Um, eager to do a good job and turned up early and so did you and I was so impressed with how how you chaired the session and you got us started on time but when I looked into the audience there was nobody there it was very early in the morning and I don't think the Spanish were used to starting so early that's true so um, after um, uh, you stay in Sweden um, you came over to uh, to Bern to to Klaus to Professor Lang. So yes. uh, uh, 
Uh, how did it uh, happen? Well, um, when I first, the first uh, thing I did in Sweden was completed my master's degree. I had Stefan Renvert as my examiner, which was terrific. And then I continued on to do my Doctor of Odontology, PhD. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, Professor Atstrom had organized a fantastic examiner for my PhD, and that was Professor Jan Linder. He was my opponent. So yeah. that, was, uh, <laughs> that was absolutely amazing to have such an accomplished scientist be my opponent. And I also had in my examiner's team, or the examiners also included Perolof Glantz, Maria Nilna, your mentor, Torquil Karing, and um, Klaus Lang, Professor Klaus Lang. So I had an introduction to him during my examination of my research and um, got to know him. He had also invited me, in fact, to come and spend a short period of time in um, Switzerland. I attended the Les Diablerets Education Week prior to completing my PhD. And that's where I really met him and got to know um, how the department in Switzerland and Burnet was worked. And then after I completed it, he encouraged me to apply for an ITI scholarship. And um, I was very fortunate to be successful. And I went as the first ITI scholar to the University of Bern for one year. That was in 1999. And During that year, um, I had a fantastic experience. Um, I, I really enjoyed the environment, uh, a very international team at the University of Bern. And I had a marvelous opportunity. At that time, Professor Harold Lur was um, visiting the university and he had all of his um, data from the Norwegian study with him. And he was looking for someone to help clean the data and organize it in order to continue with the publications on that material. And I was very quick to put my hand up and offer to assist with that. So that was my start in, in Bern. I really enjoyed the atmosphere there, which I know you've continued in your, in your way, where people come and learn from one another and um, there's a great spirit. So there were also other people in at the university, Professor Daniel Buzu, who I had the opportunity to have contact with and learn from. And of course, Klaus Lang was such a terrific mentor. Um, and following that year, um, I was really unsure what I would do, but it just so happened that um, Professor Andrea Monbelli had been um, accepted to be the new professor in Geneva. And so his position became available and I um, was lucky enough to be um, able to take over his position at the, as the head of the oral microbiology lab. And then I stayed in Bern for another four or four and a half, nearly five years. So um, as you can see, uh, It certainly wasn't a master plan of mine, but things evolved, new opportunities came. And um, even though sometimes it was a bit daunting, I, I tried to seize those opportunities and I've never really looked back. It was a, a terrific experience. 
Yeah, and uh, in Bern you have got also more uh, involved in uh, bone regeneration, isn't it? Uh, knowing Klaus and knowing, uh, of course, Danny, and also the ITI uh, way of thinking, the philosophy. Uh, probably this has uh, had also an impact uh, upon you. Yes, that's very true. So the um, exposure to um, the uh, the ITI and um, the environment in um, at the University of Bern was was very helpful with that. There were people like Christoph Hemmerle still there at the time. He then, of course, moved to Zurich, but there were there was a lot of um, a lot of interesting research going on, and I not only had the opportunity to work in the clinics um, and also the oral microbiology lab, it was it was actually Professor Linda who suggested to Klaus that he might see if I could spend some time in the United States with Professor Sig Zakransky and Anne Haffergy to um, to learn the DNA-DNA checkerboard technique. So Klaus was wonderful. He sent me off on this three, three or four month um, trip to uh, Boston at the Forsyth Institute. And there I spent many hours learning this technique and was able to bring it back to Bern and establish it in the lab there. So that, that was another interesting facet of, um, yeah. of my research as well. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm really, I have to say, it's really great to have such terrific inspirational people to, to help you along your way. I'm sure you've experienced that, that too, Tony. It's, it's invaluable to have that support and those connections in order to um, build and also to enjoy your career. So I think you, you have met uh, most of the legends in not only in periodontology, but also in, in oral microbiology, like Zeke Sokransky. I mean, uh, they are now uh, legends. They are um, in all textbooks and learning from these people, and especially also to get um, the motivation, their way of thinking, they, their philosophy about life in general. I think that that can change your uh, review uh, on, on, on the life and on the career. Maybe you can a little bit uh, elaborate on this. Who were the persons that have had a, a decisive um, influence on your your way of thinking? Not only on the career, but I think your career is built up uh, uh, on your, um, um, I mean, on, on your different inputs from various people. Yes, it's it's. Um... It's interesting. You, I think you can have uh, people who inspire you, people who mentor you, and um, you. I think ultimately you have to you have to find your own way. But all of these influences do end up shaping you. And I think um, I've already mentioned many of the people. I think um, Rolf gave me very many opportunities. He was enthusiastic, and he had. Uh, a real um, uh, wish to explore things. He he was always active, and and that really encouraged me and made me feel excited about what I was doing. Um, Klaus Lang um, had a very, or he has a very um, 
special way. He's very generous with his time and he, he welcomes people. He helps to connect people. Um, he has a very critical way of thinking. He will always find something that you haven't seen when you're discussing uh, data or discussing an idea. So he's shaped very much the way I think about things. He also loves life. He's, and I think that's a very important part of anybody's <laughs> career or life. You have to take time to enjoy um, the people you're working with, the connections you've made. It can't always all be about work. And he's often said that um, he doesn't, you know, he'll work a little, then he'll enjoy a little. So he combines this. And I think that's something to really aspire to. He's had um, such a great influence on so many people. And then I think Professor Jan Linder has also um, been a great um, mentor and inspirational for me as well. And I, um, particularly as I've um, moved on and, and um, done, moved, now moved back to Australia, if, if you want to, I'll tell you the story of that as well. Um, you know, he's, he's always gives great advice and, um, I think he is a wonderful person to listen to. I, I, I love to listen to anything he does. And he ha there's a wonderful podcast with him. Everybody should definitely listen to that. So um, you, you, you were roughly five years in, in Bern, five or six years. And then uh, you decided to uh, go back to Australia. Um, why, 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 why didn't you stay in, uh, in Bern or somewhere else in Europe? Well, you probably know the answer, Tony. <laughs> um, I, I was fortunate enough to meet my husband in, in Bern. He was a periodontist, actually a Swiss periodontist who had um, grown up in Australia. And he came to Bern to do his second postgraduate degree at Klaus's department. So one thing led to another and we got married in two, the year 2000. And it was, um, he had made a commitment to come back to Australia, to, to, to Perth, where he'd grown up, to um, take over the practice of another periodontist who you may know the name, Rob Bowers, who, won, who had done the publications in the Anatomy of the Vocation, mm -hmm. yeah. and who had also incidentally been in Michigan and who had met Klaus. So... That was really the reason why we chose or we decided to move back to Australia. It was a difficult decision. Um, we stayed longer than anticipated, so um, we, I could finish some of the projects and, and Klaus could find the, someone to replace me. But um, it was, I think, in hindsight, it was a good decision. I'm very happy now where I am and I have... Um, uh, still maintained my connections with my international colleagues over the past 20 years. I've done many hours on the plane from Australia to Switzerland and other places. And um, somehow I've managed to, I guess you could say, have the boast of, best of both worlds. So I'm very lucky and I'm, I'm very happy with the way things have worked out. So you are, at, at the time, you uh, are also involved in teaching, I think, at the Sydney University, isn't it, if I'm uh, correct? Yes, yes, and I still do that. Um, when I came back to Australia, um, there weren't so many opportunities in academia. I'd seen my life pretty much 
to stay in academia, but things don't always work out as, as you might expect. And um, so again, I, I found a solution and I would travel from Perth to Sydney, which is a five hour flight, seven yeah. weeks of the year to teach the postgraduate students. And I still teach them today, but um, I go there less and particularly in the past two years when travel has been impossible um, I spend a lot of time teaching them online so we have seminars and, and case discussions um, there's a three-hour time difference so that's also sometimes challenging but I've, I've managed to make it work I've also taught in other universities um, at the University of La Trobe in Victoria and I also have an adjunct professor role here at the University of Western Australia. That's great. So it is, it is really impressive how you manage all these tasks because you work in your private office, you are involved in, uh, in teaching, in, in doing research. And uh, of course you are editor in chief of uh, the most prestigious journal in uh, the field of implant dentistry. So how can you manage all this? Because this is an incredible, uh, uh, talent, I would say, uh, you know, to to uh, to organize all this and at a very very high quality. Well, thank you again, Tony. You're you're very kind. Um, it 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 has been a challenge sometimes, and um, but it's they're all facets of the profession that I enjoy. So I've really tried to make this work. I think um, if I took one of those facets away. I would really miss the um, connections and the opportunities I have. So I've really, I also really feel that without having uh, putting in the effort to do all of these things, I I wouldn't be able to do the individual parts as well. So um, it is, it has been difficult, but it's also been very rewarding. And um, in particular, I've really enjoyed the past eight years. Um, as the editor of Clinical Oral Implants Research. And that's been an enormous privilege and is also a big responsibility. So I spend a lot of time um, trying to do that to the best of my ability in a fair and a fair way and um, to help people as well, to help people get their, their research published. I think that's been a real challenge and something I've thoroughly enjoyed and I, um, have really appreciated all of the um, advice and assistance I've had from people like Klaus Lang and Professor Linda in, in guiding and helping me to do the best I can with that job as well. Excellent. No, but uh, you manage it uh, uh, in a wonderful way. So I'm really impressed. And um, uh, now, I mean, um, if uh, you would give some advice for a young clinician or, or um, uh, researcher or a young person who would like to pursue an academic career or maybe a combination of a clinical and a, an a, academic career, um, what would be your advice? Well, I, I always think it's hard to give people advice because <laughs> <laughs> everybody's so different and they don't always want to hear the advice. But... I guess I would say to a young person that you have to follow your, your, your instincts. You have to do what feels right for you. But if you have an interest in following this path, 
You should be open to new ideas and concepts. You have to be prepared to work hard and you have to expect to experience some difficult times, maybe some disappointments. But if you persevere and you work towards your goals, then I think you will see the rewards. Sometimes I think the rewards we receive may not be those that we were necessarily expecting, but I think if you really want to achieve something and you strive for excellence and integrity, then in the end, you will be very well rewarded. And I, one last piece of advice I would give them is that you shouldn't work too hard. You should make sure you take time to enjoy the things you enjoy doing and also the people you care about. That's wonderful. Lisa, thank you very much for this uh, inspiring uh, interview. I think that uh, your career is uh, amazing and um, I appreciate you as a scientist, as a, as a clinician, but uh, most importantly, as a wonderful person. And uh, that's why we all love you. Thank you, Tony. It's been such a pleasure to be with you and, and thank you for, for asking such lovely questions. Thank you. One host, one guest, and a whole bunch of experience and expertise. Meet the people behind the names and get unique insights.